0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial, Steve Peasley, President, KPP Financial. Independent Thinking, Shared Success.
1: And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, May 26, 2020 edition of Invest Talk and I am glad you are here with me for this hour. I'm excited to share my thoughts, answer your questions, do all I can to help you become a better investor and move along your own particular path of financial freedom. Remember, everyone's is different and there's a lot to discuss, a lot of topics that are important to some people, less so to others, and we try to cover as many as we can each and every weekday. And so I invite your questions, 888-99-CHART, 888 992 how you get through and ask your question on today's show, or you can leave a message after hours, and we will answer it on a future show. Anything money or finance-related, uh, no matter how simplistic or advanced it is, give us a call. I, I remember when I first started doing the show, uh, I used to wonder, okay, what if somebody has a question I don't have an answer to? And It's crazy how few times that comes up, but guess what? Sometimes it does. And I'll just say, I don't know. Um, but you know, we can give you at least some perspective and some data on almost anything that you, any question you can bring to us. So don't hesitate. Once again, eight eight nine nine chart, eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, you know, I live in Southern California. It's it seemed today or this weekend that. You know, things are starting to move again, right? Uh, we got into phase two, which, you know, restaurants are opening, uh, beaches are a lot more relaxed. Some said you can only do activities, but plenty of people were not doing much activities. Uh, so I, you know, I, I was at the beach this weekend and, you know, uh, feeling a little bit back to normal, which is, which is good, uh, good for the economy, uh, and, the market today was was I think even more interesting than, than the weekend uh, overall. What you saw was an up day, but a big reversal throughout the day. And you know I've said this before, kind of buy the rumor, sell the news type of thing. Market rallied on the expectation that we're going to open, going to open, we're going to open, right? And the optimism around that. And oftentimes there is uh by the rumor, sell the news type of event. This, to me, is kind of the sell the news type of event in my book. At least that's what the market was telling me as well, with the NASDAQ or the Qs closing negative. Uh The growth stocks really were not hot today. Many of them were down. Value, it was a nice shift to value, an interesting shift to value. And that may be the start of you know, the tech stocks may be underperforming at least for a little while. How long? We shall see. I talked about that a little bit on my YouTube video on Friday. If you want to head over there, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I, I'm doing an analysis of the market every single Friday now, and it goes over uh, different sectors. And that's one thing I looked at was momentum stocks or growth stocks compared to the S&P. And when that underperforms, that typically shows that the risk-off sentiment is picking up. So, this is, today was a good example of how looking at the headline numbers are a bad indication of what the market really did today. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if there will be follow through, uh, in, in, you know, the coming days and, in coming weeks. Uh, but that was, uh, pretty interesting kind of shot across the bow in, in my book on uh, the markets and especially the growth stocks. So, uh, that was kind of the market today. Very interesting times. And a lot to discuss on today's show. So let me dig into our talking points a little bit. Or let's uh, give you an overview. And the first one, or our main one, is about how out of whack stock and bond prices are. And I'm going to touch on this. And why you see equities doing so well. Even though, yes, the economy is getting better. But unemployment still remains very high. That will come down some. But overall, you know that there's been massive damage to the economy in many parts and yes, there are some com- companies that are benefiting from this and some of those are are up, even higher than they were before this whole crisis and the big question is, is that because truly because their business is actually better or is it just because it's relatively better than a lot of other businesses or is it have to do with stimulus? Uh, and I touched on that as well in the Friday video, talking about the dollar and whether the dollar is going to break up or down, and what that tells us a little bit more about the liquidity in the system. So we're going to touch on that topic today. Also, since we're in a health crisis, why don't we talk about your financial health crisis? We're going to talk about some ways to measure your financial independence. We discussed that on the show today a lot, right, how to get you to financial independence. Well, for a lot of people, that is a nebulous idea. What does that mean? How do I measure it? And we're gonna go over what those measurements might be for most people, everyone's probably a little bit different, but we're gonna touch on a few that you can look at for yourselves. Also, new home sales came out today, and I think that will be interesting to take a peek Better than expected, better than expected, and I'm gonna touch on why and what I'm seeing for the housing market near term, medium term, and long term as well. And then if we have time, we're gonna touch on the pension system and what this crisis means for pensions. I know a lot of you don't have pensions, but some of you might, and hopefully that will be interesting if we have time. So that's what's on my mind today, 8899 4278 889924278 how you get through and ask your question on today's show now quickly since we are in this crisis Steve and I have suspended indefinitely we don't know yet you know we got to fi- we have to figure out what traveling is going to be like w- what will people still want to come sit down with us face to face or are we in this new world yeah, i you know and i think in a lot of ways we are where we're just going to need to get used to video chats phone calls that that's the most efficient way right we have a lot of listeners in New York right? for us to fly all the way to New York that's 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 a big a big ask and in today's world especially Steve Steves 68 you know he's in a risky uh, age demographic so does that make sense from the to flat to in New York we're still figuring that out as well so we have plenty of time slots to sit down and do a video conference phone call with you. If you want us to go over your portfolio, give you a full analysis, just shoot us a, a, or go over to our website and click on the portfolio review section. So go to KP Financial, click on portfolio review, and we will get back to you and set up a time. So that's so all that that's the start of the show thanks for tuning in today and now i'm going to pivot to our phone calls our anytime listener line at 888 chart
2: yeah hi i had a question about express EXPR. i bought it for a retail rebound play they've got zero debt um decent sales just over two billion and their market cap is relatively small compared to their sales just wondering what you think for this, as a hold for the next call, three to six months, more of a trade. So, anyways, uh, my name's Adam, and I'm calling from Sacramento. Thank you.
1: All right, He's looking at Express. I actually like Express. They, there you know, are certain shirts or certain articles of clothing just fit you well. Their slim fit shirts fit me very well. So I hope they survive because I, I really like their shirts and, and, uh, you know, I buy probably a half dozen or so every year. And, I, you know, I like their shirts. So hopefully they, they stay around. But this is a stock that's trading at $1.95 and when you say they don't have any debt, you are correct when it comes to long term debt. The issue here, what I'm seeing is they still have 1.4 billion in total liabilities and 200 million in cash and short term securities. So to me, it still looks like they have some debt. I have to dig into this a little bit more to really understand their balance sheet, but the stock is clearly trading at Bankruptcy levels, right? Anything that's trading under $5 a share that is listed on an exchange, the market is pricing in some risk of bankruptcy. And now at $1.95 the to close today, that is still what the market's telling me. They do have... Po- they have, have had positive cash flow for an extended period of time. They still have good revenues. Uh, let me look at... Yeah, I mean, they made... You know, it does look like a deep value play. I really need to understand that balance sheet. They have some level of liabilities that accounts payable. I really need to know that. And until then, I can't give you a good answer. The chart looks okay, not fantastic. But if they can get through this time and they don't have any big, uh, b- big uh, debt cliffs coming up, then I think it could be a good buy. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And during these times, you might have some additional discretionary time because you aren't traveling so much to work and back and you can explore our podcast library at investtalk.com there's so much for you to explore and learn i know people that go back you know months and months and listen to previous shows and get a lot out of it so go over to investtalk.com and check out those shows and you can always message or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine California and set up a portfolio assessment with myself or Steve via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings as well. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888 99 Chart.
2: Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. Their debt to equity ratio is fairly low. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming.
0: Hi, Steve and Justin. I am question regarding real estate.
2: Everything counts. I was wondering if you could
1: shed a little bit more light on Exxon Noble.
0: Jason
2: El Segundo, how you doing?
1: let go to Robert in San Leandro. He wants an ETF follow-up.
2: Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support.
1: I really appreciate your insight and your understanding
2: of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of Invest Talk downloads has now exceeded 22 million.
1: Hi, Steve and Justin.
2: I've been listening to you guys for two years and I absolutely love your show. InvestTalk.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Tuesday. We made it through the Memorial Day weekend. Economic activity is resuming, and the market seems to approve. You've got finance and investment questions, Stephen Justin. Welcome your calls. Invest Talk eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey guys, big fan of your show. Thank you so much for Invest Talk. My name is Brent from Portland. I keep hearing you mentioned index funds are uh, not the best investment going forward. I'm wondering if. If you're talking short-term investment or long-term investment, are they still a 30, 40 year forty-year-long
0: investment going forward? Thank very much. Look forward to your answer.
1: Bye bye. That's a great question. I think definitely in the near term, it's going to be tough to make money on index funds, at least the short to medium term. You know, during a recession, uh, you know it's a it's a very overcrowded trade, and that means too many people. There are, there's more money in index funds than actively managed funds now in the marketplace. That means everybody or over half of the investor's money is crowded into the exact same trade. Right? That's what you're doing. If you buy the S&P, you're getting the exact same mix as somebody else who's buying the S&P. And if that other person wants to sell their S&P, that's going to affect the value of The stocks in your portfolio because you own the S and P, right? I I I use the analog as the Nifty Fifty in the late '60s. It was similar mantra: just buy these fifty stocks. That's all you need to do. That's how you invest in the stock market, and that put everybody into the exact same trade. And then when it started to unwind, everybody jumped ship because people didn't understand the volatility and the risk involved in these particular stocks or equities in general and same thing with indexing. So, you know, how the industry evolves, it's hard to really say that, okay, 30 years from now will be the best. There will be other strategies that are better than the indexing hundred percent. It's just a matter of when, can you find them? Can you execute on them? Uh, that's the bigger question. How much time do you want to put into it? How good of an investor do you want to, are, are you able to become? If you want to be a hands-off investor, where you're just saving and throwing in index funds, you don't think about it, you don't strategize, you don't look at your your needs and your risk tolerance, et cetera, then you know keep indexing. Thirty years from now, it'll, you know go through multiple cycles and you're gonna have a lot of volatility in the meantime, and you know you'll be all right. But if you want to be better than average, then obviously you don't want to index. 888-99 chart 888 4278 give me a call You are listening to
2: Invest Talk and some states are reopening so how quickly could our economy come back to life You've got finance and investment questions call Invest Talk 888-99 chart
1: Let's go to Gavin in Napa. You want to talk about Chinese stocks? Hi, Justin. Thanks for the
2: call. My question has to do yeah. with um, I own a sizable position in Alibaba, and I recently heard news that there's proposed legislation to delist Chinese companies off our off our markets, um, yeah. our, our exchanges. And I have yeah. a two part question. One in that, what would happen to my shares if, say, Alibaba were to be delisted? And number two, what would you do in my position if you owned a large portion of Alibaba stock?
1: Well, we are short Alibaba for clients, so I would sell every last share. Okay. Uh, and uh, if it delists, it would go probably on the pink sheets uh, and it would become a lot less liquid. Uh, there would be a, probably a lot of, there's, there's a lot of funds that, can't own non-listed stocks. Um I don't think there's going to be a delisting soon, but I I from my studies there are there is some level of fraud within pretty much every Chinese listed company out there. It's just a matter of how much of it is fraud. Is seventy or 80% of it fraud like Luckin Coffee or is it, you know, 10 to 20%? And are they just massaging the numbers, you know, around the margins to make it look like their business is a lot better than it really is? Which I think, to be frank, is probably the Alibaba case. Um, I just don't think that it makes the risk versus reward in this environment to owning any Chinese stock is just absolutely putrid. The valuations are already any expected growth of the chinese economy and, and uh, is already priced in to these names right and you right. can't trust the numbers you can in any way you can never trust any of these numbers coming out of these chinese companies because it's been proven it's luck and coffee is not the first it's the it's the latest a long line of many uncovered frauds of American listed companies. This legislation is long overdue, long overdue. And I think a good example, Tencent already said, if this happens, they're going to move their listing somewhere else. Well, if they had nothing to hide, then why would they need to move it? Right? So to me, it's all these have big red flags. I would stay away from every single one of them And the risk versus reward with the geopolitical environment, the economic environment, the valuation environment for a lot of these names, especially anything in the tech sector is way too high. So I would absolutely unload every single Chinese stock I would own. And I think some of them are very good shorts. Thanks for the call, Gavin. Let's go to John in San Jose looking at SDS, which is ultra short S&P. You want to go short the market? Absolutely. Okay. <coughs> I think well,
2: we're in a uh, um, recession.
1: Well, we're in a recession, that's absolutely true. Doesn't mean stocks can't go up. You know, some of the best rallies are during bear markets and as you've seen over the past couple of months, the bigger question it isn't whether we're in a recession. You know, we were in a recession in late 2009 and or, or sorry, early 2009 and the market started to rally. Because right? we were coming out of a recession. Remember, the market looks forward. What's going to happen in the future? And the big question is, is the optimism around the reopening to, to Rosie? And okay. I agree I with you it, that it I is. I think that's all. Excuse me. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks for the call. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I do think the market will uh, will roll over. I've said this uh, that I think June is the month when we start to get the start of the insolvency phase, right? Where more and more companies come out with profit warnings for the quarter. More and more companies go bankrupt because they just don't have the salt. They don't have the cash flow, uh, even upon reopening, right? So, I'm so a lot of companies are, are just waiting. Okay. Let's just reopen the economy. Let's get back to work and we'll, we'll, we'll get there, right? We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, if you reopen and suddenly your business is still hemorrhaging money, maybe not quite as much money, do you stay in business? Do you go bankrupt? That's the question. And I think we are entering that phase where post July, when the unemployment plus figures roll off where a lot of employees aren't making more on unemployment than they were when they were working. I think that's the time frame where things get a little uglier. uglier right? Cuz people still have money in their pocket even if they're unemployed. Many of them are still even if they don't they're not in the mood particularly to spend, at least they have it. Okay? So that's why I say I think the summer is where you start to see the resumption of the downtrend. Today was the first, to me, bearish signal, bearish reversal on the market. You know, last week was kind of a consolidation. You know, you were up on the, on the week, kind of sat around uh, the highs for the week for about three, four days. And that was bullish consolidation for this breakout. But bullish consolidation... For a breakout can also turn into reversal. And the next couple of weeks will be quite interesting. Well, the next invest talk, the story. The blind spots stocks, investors, stock investors should be watching. One analyst says the lock driven decline in economic activity may be hiding system vulnerabilities. Best story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. And I'm ready to take your questions live at eight chart. and prompt hacking in short AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems hacker one seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development security and IT teams so Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com, that's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. Is your
2: portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve? financial freedom. Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's go to Wesley in Stockton looking at, are you talking about P ratios or P-E Parsley Energy? Parcel Energy. I'm curious. I want okay. to start a
0: position, and
2: I want to see what you think about the balance sheet, its debt level, and its free cash flow. If it's if it's strong in that sector.
1: Well, analyzing balance sheets are very tough on the fly. I'll say that, but I can I can definitely look at at raw numbers. You're talking talking about three billion dollars in long-term debt. Market cap's about four billion dollars. Let me look at their free cash flow here. Let's see, let's see what they do first of all. They're, they're in the oil space. Independent oil and gas producer in the Permian Basin. Not a shock there. So they are it's about 62% oil, 20% natural gas uh, liquids, and 17% natural gas. So about 60 40 oil and natural gas. I, I like that that mix. They have a little diversification there, which is good for me. Uh, they're not the biggest. I definitely like tend to like the bigger companies uh, out there, and this is definitely not one of them. But they are a better performer than most of the shale plays. But they've been issuing a ton of shares. They're diluting shareholders. Uh, you know, I. It looks like they're st- they'll stay in business uh, at least for me. Uh, they're they're not hemorrhaging cash or, or cash is like like a lot of their competitors. But you know, I just don't love it. I I like the bigger players. Uh, I like the bigger players because they're the ones that are going to pick up assets of like a, of this type of company who might be selling off uh, some assets in order to stay in business, right? Um, and so that's the way I would do it you know you're only getting 1.7 percent dividend you can get it much better elsewhere uh, it's high risk and it's not enough reward for me I rather just own the bigger players in this space because I think this is kind of it's gonna be a bumpy ride over the next uh, couple of years I don't think we're headed you know back to seventy80 dollars a barrel anytime soon and I think once we do, those bigger players will have repositioned themselves in order to benefit the most. So if you're looking for a high-risk play, I think it's okay. But for me personally, I would like a bigger player with a better balance sheet. Thanks for the call. My main talking point today concerns a story. Stock and bond prices say something troubling about the coronavirus economy and that there's something out of whack. And we know that bond yields are hovering near all-time lows, and that is pricing in that the Fed and central banks will keep their foot on the gas pestle, pedal, pestle, pe- pedal of stimulus and try to, uh, try to keep it that way for an extended period of time. And that investors would rather hide out in the safety of bonds treasury bonds then take risks in risk assets. Now some areas of the marketplace are still doing very well, right? Tech, healthcare, biotech, these are areas that have benefited from this environment, not only from a business perspective, but from a valuation perspective. Right? Low interest rates, I've talked about this before, that When you have rates so low, this is why growth stocks, tech stocks have such extreme valuations is because low interest rates make those future projected cash flows worth almost as much as they are today as they would be in the future. So it pulls forward that valuation of those future cash flows, right? Because there's a lot of growth going forward. Even if there's not a lot of earnings now, the market is pricing in a lot of growth. And they think 5 Seven, ten years down the line, the company's gonna be much, much bigger, and when you discount that discounted cash flow method, you discount those cash flows to today, when it's a high interest rate, that value is a lot lower than the cash flow in the future because of that discount mechanism. Well, when rates are next to nothing, you're basically valuing those future cash flows the same as today. And that is why these growth stocks are getting such rich valuations. So the stimulus out of central banks keeping rates low is helping, are helping the rich people and the tech companies more than anybody. Right? That's what's interesting in this environment is, yeah, the government has, Help some small businesses. They've deployed unemployment plus to help the unemployed. But a lot of that stuff is short term, right? Well, what's permanent? Well, it seems like, at least for the medium term, rates are gonna be permanently low. Fed's gonna push on that. What's permanent? Well, bailouts are permanent for these big corporations. So, it's an environment that is very beneficial for large corporations. It's become almost policy out of the government, both the federal government and the Federal Reserve, to keep asset prices higher. It's almost imperative for Think of what Trump said. He he talks about the stock market all the time. It's become a political football. And that is why you have this disconnect, because you have so many people in power and institutions in power that need for these asset prices to go up. And they use it as a proxy for either success out of the White House or just simply financial stability out of... Federal Reserve. So that's why you're getting that disconnect here. Because the mar- the the policies that are in place are to put money, newly created money in the hands of the wealthy. And wealthy when the wealthy get more money, they have a marginal propensity to consume assets, not things. That's why you see the Velocity of money falling is because it's not getting into the hands of people that will go spend it. It's getting to the hands of people that will simply just save it more, which are the ultra-wealth. So that's why you're seeing that disconnect in the markets from the general economy. Let's go to Joseph in Sacramento. He's looking at QQQ. Hi there. You looking to buy it, Joseph? You you own it? What is it? Uh, so I'm looking to buy, and I've, I've seen yeah. it. I, I'm in, I'm interested in
2: buying. It's my uh, kind of a more affordable way into some of the big tech uh, stocks, the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I see I it, it, it's been struggling. You know, it's at the 2:30 mark. Um, there's, there's arguments for it to go either way as it approaches the uh, all-time high. So, um, you know, I'm hesitant. I, you know, I think there might be a retracement. Uh, back down a little bit, but it also could skyrocket. I'm just uh,
1: it's kind of uncertain. Yeah, I, I think this is ready to roll back over. Uh, I think today was a pretty big indicator of that. It closed down 62 cents uh, at the low of the day. And it pretty much rolled over since from the beginning of the day. It kind of trended down throughout the day. And, you know, you're up into major resistance. And like I said, the... I think June is the start of it, start of the, that next leg leg down. Now, certain stocks and certain sectors, I think, will do fine. Uh, but what you're seeing here is the shift. This is the first big day. And if you get a follow-through day where value greatly outperforms the growth side, you could easily see the Qs kind of catch up to the downside of the Dow and the S&P, where maybe the S&P and the Dow don't go down too much, but the Qs go down a lot more. Right. I, I, I could look at this very similar to 2000, right, where you had Tech Bubble 1.0. This is Tech Bubble 2.0. You had the first down leg in March and you had actually a big retrace into the summer before it rolled over once again. So I, I think that's a very similar situation that you are, are in, uh, now. Now, doesn't mean you can't chop around up here for a little while. Right? Uh, back in 2000, you had, once again, the, the shot across the bow in March, you had a bounce in starting in, what month was that? In May, into August was a big rally, and then it rolled over in September. And maybe this will be shifted a little bit more, but I, I could definitely see something similar like that. So, I'm not a fan of the cues here. Uh, I think they're definitely better parts of the market, uh, and I would be patient on it at least for the short term thanks for the call joseph you're listening to invest stock i'm justin klein yes the country is reopening in phases and most of us realize that the resumption of a strong level of economic activity is going to take some time and we're going to it's going to be phases and life will go on though and the calendar is going to advance you can't stop the time but you can always reassess your retirement objectives and help you be in control during this uncertain time. And the way you do that is by assessing and optimizing your portfolio, your strategy, for this new market, right? I've said this before. Indexing is not really gonna work right now. So if you need help really fine-tuning that strategy, helping understand where you are today and where you maybe need to be going in the future, simply reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We can help you. We wanna help you. Whether you're a conservative investor and you're just looking for consistent income, four or five percent you know, without much risk, or maybe you're an aggressive investor and you're looking to get into the sectors that are gonna move in this environment, move up, not move down. Maybe you're in the middle. Maybe you're moderate and you want some risk, but you are you want some stability as well. We can help you with all of those strategies. So we do it for clients, and we can give you a sense of whether that's us that can help you with it, or maybe you can do it for yourself. Maybe it's a strategy you deploy, and we're just giving you a little guidance. It's really up to you. So to get started with a no cost portfolio review, please call or send myself a message through investtalk.com. And now I'm here ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investing questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just
2: recorded a new rapid fire hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888 99
1: Chart. Hi, this is Morgan from Texas. Calling about a stock I share bond that Justin mentioned, S H Y. If you could elaborate a little bit more on that for holding cash ready to get into the market if and when it falls. If it's like a long-term hold versus a short-term hold as far as taxing, thank you very much. We're just looking at SHY. This is the iShares 1 to 3 or Treasury Bond ETF. This is kind of your cash proxy, right? Trading ETF stocks nowadays, hopefully you're at a broker, not Robinhood, but hopefully you're at a broker that doesn't charge commissions anymore. And it's easy to kind of park your cash over in SHY and you're going to earn a little bit better yield in this environment. And that's, that's, that's simply what it is. Uh, is it my best recommendation? No, I don't, I don't love it, but I think it's going to be going to be relatively stable because your duration isn't, isn't very high. Uh, you're going to get about, let's see, looking at the average yield here. The problem is the yield has been dropping. So you might look at, Oh, the yield from the past year. well, that yield's going to be falling. So you know, you're know you not going to get great yields. It's not going to give you too much more than your money market. But if you want to just park it in cash, get a little bit extra yield, you're going to take some level of risk there, uh, but I think relatively low with the Fed depressing rates. Now, I want to touch on financial independence and some vital signs that you can check and track over time to see how you're doing in this financial independence game and the first one is net worth and this is pretty simple right you're adding up all of the assets that you own subtract the total amount that you owe on everything right loans and cars homes etc and see how that number moves over time are you moving forward or are you moving backward a lot of people shy away from this because They know it's going to be an ugly picture. I know a lot of people, you know, Oh, I own this house and I own this car. Yes. But what about the mortgage? What about the car loan? What about your student debt? What about all this other debt that you're going to need? You're going to have to pay back over time. And so you want to be looking at what is the change in net worth over time? Are you gathering more assets and at the same time decreasing your level of debt? and that will help you grow your net worth over time. Second is debt to income ratio. This is this is pretty simple. Right? Add up all of your monthly debt payments that you pay on mortgages, auto loans, credit cards, etc. and divide that by your pre-tax monthly income. You want to keep that below 36%. It's a pretty good guideline for that. And if you can do that, any loan you get is going to have a lower rate over time and that's going to be helpful for you. Also, Months of state safety. So you're dividing your total liquid cash divided by your total monthly expenses. How many months of liquid cash, liquid assets do you have that you can quickly in a day turn into cash? How much of that do you have compared to your monthly expenses? And how many months you have that is your safety net. So if you lose your job, you can go and right, uh, take your time and find another one. Okay, so after the break, we can get to the last two. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Give me a call. I want to hear from you at 99 chart.
2: On the next Invest Talk, according to one high profile analyst, there are blind spots investors need to watch. That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here. He'll have unbiased answers. But you've got to call with your questions. Eight 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 ninety nine chart
1: Now before the break, I touched on the first three vital signs for your financial independence. First was net worth over time, debt to income ratio, keeping that below 36%, months of safety, which you probably want that to be at least three months, preferably six months, right? To be able to, if you get laid off, you're in financial hardship. You can withstand, you can pay your bills for a, a little while, right? So that's going to be uh, big as well. The next one I like the most is financial independence quotient. And Basically what this is, is calculating, take your total annual income that you can generate from the assets that you have. And that could be a home, you, a vacation rental that you VRBO out. Right or Airbnb, maybe it's a permanent rental where you have tenants. Uh, maybe it's retirement account assets, IRAs, 401ks, etc. That you're you're you could earn four or five percent on. Right, four percent's a good rule for that. Maybe it's pension that you're bringing in. Whatever that is that you know you're going to get that amount or you have a good idea that you can earn a certain percentage off of those assets every single year, you take that total amount and you divide it by your total annual spending. okay, And then you get a percentage. And track that percentage right? because your spending is going to go up and down. The amount of your assets are going to go up and down. But if you can use this as a measure, you can track that percentage over time and make sure that's going up over time. And when you get to 100, what does that mean? You are financially independent, effectively. Now I'm sure You want a little cushion, you know, you want to get a little bit above 100, you never know what could happen, you want to keep going if you can, could keep working if you like it and enjoy it, but maybe that's when you start shifting. And then lastly is financial stress. How do you feel? You should probably assess that every year. Do you feel like you're getting more or less stressed about your finances? And if so, if you're getting more stressed, you need to relook at some of your habits and your spending habits uh, as well. So I think that was a good primer for your own version of financial freedom and tracking that over time. Now I think we have time to fit in one more voice bank question asking about gold. Hi, Justin. This is Austin out of Illinois. I am 25 years old. I'm currently looking on my future to invest in. With that being said, I am counting my blessings on my way to work right now. Thank you guys so much for your show. What do you guys think about gold or the symbol on Robinhood,
2: GLD? Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.
1: Well, first off, I would recommend moving over to a bigger platform. You don't need Robinhood. There's... Zero commissions are now a thing across the board and there's so many large brokers that are great that have much better tools, safety, etc. So I would recommend that first off. Second off, GLD. This is probably in the middle of the safety range when it comes to playing gold. Right? The safest would be buying physical gold, right? Having that in your possession. GLD is owning paper gold, what we'd call it. I like it. I think it'll go up over time, especially in the age of fiat, massive fiat money printing. I think it's the release valve for all of this currency creation. And so I like, I like it. I think in the near term, silver is going to outperform, but more medium to long term, I like the gold space. We're getting a little pullback here. Us, for clients, we are utilizing gold miners. I think that's a better risk reward, especially going higher, There's tends to be more upside leverage to gold mining shares versus just simply owning a GLD or underlying gold. So it depends on your risk level, what type of risk that you want to have in your portfolio. But I think everybody should have some precious metal exposure in this environment. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program, and I will return on Thursday. Steve Peasy will be here tomorrow. And please remember to download our April bonus show podcast. We call it the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It is free, and please tell your friends about Invest Talk. Good night.